Production support comes from Smithville Fiber, the GigaCity Company, a philanthropic community partner since 1922 and proud supporter of numerous community organizations. More information at smithville.com. And School of Public Health Bloomington, Public Health Reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life publichealth.indiana.edu. From the Milton Metz studio in the radio TV building at Indiana University, welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg, along with Joe Wren of WFIU and WTIU. Dozens of cities across the country have tossed their hats into the ring to compete for Amazon's next headquarters location. Four of those communities are in Indiana. At least four bids have been made from Indiana. Indiana Indianapolis and Fishers have made a joint bid, and Gary Hammond in northwest Indiana have also made bids. Louisville, Kentucky is also trying to get the uh, headquarters to move there. We're going to talk about the um, the attention uh, on this Amazon headquarters, the second headquarters, and all these bids trying to get it this week on Noon Edition with four guests. We have two in the studio. Kyle Anderson is clinical assistant professor of business economics at the Kelly School of Business, and Lynn Coyne is the president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation. Also joining us by phone are Mo Murhoff, the president of One Zone in Fishers, Indiana, and also Karen Freeman Wilson, the mayor of Gary, will be here by phone as well. If you have questions or comments, please give us a call at 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also join us uh, by sending questions to the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here. Um, Kyle, I wanted to ask you to just sort of uh, give us the overview of this issue. Why is this so attractive to everybody? So the headquarters are just going to be huge. I mean, it's hard to overstate how big a company that like Amazon is and what the economic impact of having this headquarters in your geographic area would be. Uh, that you know, it's they're talking about forty to fifty thousand employees a $4 billion construction on at the front end. And anytime you have headquarters like that, not only are, is it the direct impact of all those employees and all that, that construction going on, but that just feeds through the economy. So any city that gets this or any area is just going to look completely different after this headquarters comes. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have two people on the phone that have been involved in bids. So Mo Merhoff and, and – uh, Karen Freeman Wilson. So, Mo, first from Fishers, Indiana. What's uh, why? Why did you decide you wanted to bid for this? Well, to, to clarify, One Zone is a chamber of commerce encompassing both Carmel, uh, the communities of Carmel and Fishers. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we, are, we are not the economic development arm of those groups. Um, however, we often serve in an ad hoc capacity and support. Obviously, we were um, very excited to learn that the Indianapolis attitude, and in conjunction with Mayor Scott Badness, was to consider this regional. Let's not just say we're one community going after this huge opportunity. Um, let's look at it as a region. And the value of that is that as Indianapolis area, as central Indiana competes uh, in economic development, those with whom we most often compete are doing that regionally. You're not just going to Denver, which is a, a very on-fire area right now. I think I read that they are averaging over 50 people moving into their region on a daily basis. But they, they incorporate economic development thinking, throwing a wider net. The same thing is true of, of places like Nashville. That has been very hot as far as development recently, and slightly smaller communities like Des Moines that also encompasses, uh, as far as their planning, I think six different communities surrounding the uh, metro area of Des Moines. So we were enthusiastic to think about this being another step forward in thinking regionally when we think about economic development. So, Mayor, what about Gary? 
Um, that's absolutely the case. I agree uh, with Mo. That was uh, while Gary was the lead, the application was very much about Northwest Indiana, but not just uh, the Northwest Indiana portion, but also our nexus and our ability to leverage Chicago because we're less than 30 miles away. Um, if you look at those areas, and I would add Austin to the areas that have already been mentioned, it's yep. uh, they always pitch the uh, region. And too often we have been very, um, I, I think, um, parochial in the way that we have talked about single cities. But um, in our pitch and in our sales uh, of, of our package, we talked about the um, fact that not only are we a Northwest Indiana region, but we also uh, make the nexus to as far east as South Bend and as far west as, um, as the northern suburbs of Chicago. Well, I want to ask Lynn Coyne, who's here from uh, Bloomington. Bloomington is a smaller situation, a little, little different. You didn't consider making any kind of a, a bid on this. I mean, what, what kind of uh, community needs to be – or what's a community need to have to make a bid like on Amazon versus, you know, where Bloomington is right now? Well, sure. I think one of the very interesting things about this entire Amazon HQ2 proposal is that it's what smaller communities and regions do on an every – if you take all the names and numbers out of it, it's what they do on an average day. They're looking for their version of this based on their scale, their population, their assets. So I think, you know, why wouldn't a region – we tend to think of our region – going north as well as the 11 counties to the south. We just don't have the massive population that they're going to need. You don't have the 500,000 square foot building and, and uh, the infrastructure necessary to support this because as Kyle said, this is a massive project. Mm -hmm. It's historically massive. However, it, the interesting thing about it is, is that it's created this thinking and thought process for those of us uh, in the smaller regions we worry about the very same things. What's your labor force? What's your quality of life? If you read the Amazon RFP, that applies to us as everyone, every other company looking for a good place to go. So every, I'm hearing early in this about the regional or this being a, a package deal because of the how massive this is. Maybe we'll go back here to Mo and, and Karen. You both can kind of jump in. But for cities or areas that, that normally kind of look at yourself and now you're branching out, how difficult was that to get with other partners and and get together on the same page for this? I think it's becoming easier. Um, traditionally, I think the Midwest has um, been a little more siloed. Uh, that may go back to some of our agrarian roots and the way we thought of, um, of our communities. Maybe it's related to, to athletic teams, who knows. Uh, but I think that is changing as communities recognize that they have to be interrelated. Here in Hamilton County, obviously, we think that there are cults, too. Um, and we think strongly enough about that, that most of our communities passed um, the, uh, the penny tax added on to um, restaurants, for example, to support um, Lucas Oil Stadium. So it is no longer the, you know, there, there's mileage between our community and the next one. We are a perfect example of that because we were a merger two and a half years ago of two separate chambers of commerce. And to us, we began thinking about, although people make decisions about where they want their home, business doesn't really respect municipal boundaries. Business wants business. And that may be five miles away uh, in a community to the north. It may be in downtown Indianapolis that, depending on what time you're going, might be 20 minutes away. Um, so to, to secure business success, uh, I think that is, is now driving more relationship uh, building. And I think that's a very positive thing going on. The, the state's establishment of regional development authorities and the initial uh, – 
providing of monies to do that uh, last two years ago, I think also recognize that. that. That kind of forced the hand. Work together and put together uh, a program and something that you'd like to do, whether it's rebuilding your riverfront or creating another economic development opportunity that we can invest in. So I think it's, it's we're getting better. Karen, how about you up there and Gary? Um, likewise, it's occurring more and more. And um, ironically, we've seen the chambers sort of take the lead in that effort. There are a number of uh, chambers here that have either combined their efforts or are collaborating in Northwest Indiana. But I also think that it's driven by our residents because they know no boundaries. It is it is um, routine for them to go to other communities to shop, to eat, um, to recreate, and to the extent that they know no boundaries, we have had to look at what types of regional winds we can gain. And certainly working on this application as a region, um, being supported, uh, supported from the regional standpoint was another opportunity for us to look at how better we are if we pool our resources, how much more attractive we can be if we collaborate. And, um, and so this was a great opportunity to think through that and to continue uh, those collaborations even beyond Amazon. If you want to join us on the program today, you can give us a call at 812-855-0811 or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send us a question for the show at news at org, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. We're talking about the uh, re- the location of the second Amazon headquarters, and uh, some ci- we're talking with some cities that have been on it and some other folks here in our studio. One of them is Kyle Anderson. So, Kyle, from... Um, you know, where you say you talked about how massive this is. Has there been anything even similar to it in the past with this kind of a public um, public profile? Yeah, I, I can't recall anything that's been quite so public. Um, obviously, companies move headquarters all the time, um, it, or not all the time, but, but pretty regularly. And there are these bid processes that go on. Amazon is definitely taking a more unique approach in making it so public inviting all these bids in a very public way and talking about it. It'll be interesting to see as we go forward whether they continue to be open about their selection process and some of the criteria that they're using to make the decision. What, what do you think is – I mean, I know you don't, you're not working for Amazon, but right. what would you say will be their main criteria? So it, it's a little tough because they, they put out things. But again, when you, when you put out criteria that – that are out there, you, you do so that things that might make you look good. So they're talking a lot about public transportation and um, you know infrastructure that they want, which is going to be extremely important. Uh, so, so those things are going to be out there, but they're also going to be looking at financial incentives. They are a for-profit company, and so they're going to look to benefit that way. And they're probably not going to promote those as heavily as some of the other criteria that they're they're looking to base it on. Lynn Coyne, from um, your standpoint, you're, you're trying to sell this region all the time as, from the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation. What are companies looking for? Well, they're, they're one, they're looking for space. Mm-hmm. Where can they put their employees and they have a chance to grow? There's so many factors. Uh, we have a tier one research university that, with talented people and resources. So they look at that. They look at quality of life. Uh, I think Amazon made a point of that in theirs, you know. Do you have bike trails and bike paths? You know, what are your outdoor recreational opportunities? What are your cultural opportunities? Um, That's one of the interesting things about the Amazon RFP is how they put that out for the public to talk about. So we have all of those things on a smaller scale. We also uh, have regional activities. We have the Regional Opportunities Initiative. We have RADIUS. Uh, we just privately have the local economic development officials come in and we meet quarterly to talk about issues and sharing things. Mm-hmm. If you have an asset that we don't have, how do we share that so that we both benefit from it? 
Mm-hmm. I think uh, both Mo and Karen uh, hit the nail on the head. I, Mo, in particularly, uh, you know, we have high school teams that compete with each other and have historically. And so it's hard to get those rivalries overcome when you need to get a project done. But that's what we're working on. It's going very, very well. You know, something I hear about, too, a lot is, is just the talent and the workforce. And um, sometimes I made the news a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. It was a tech firm in Bloomington and moving their headquarters to Indy and said that there's more talent in Indy. But now if we're looking at this in, in the Amazon in much of a, a, a bigger picture, you know, Indiana trying to retain a workforce and what they call it the brain drain, mm-hmm. To Can Indiana support Amazon, a, a corporation like Amazon? I mean, I think it's a, a significant challenge. Um, I, nobody can, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the scale that they are talking about, you're going to have people moving here from all over. And that's, you know, the potential benefit, too, is, right, people are going to come to this headquarters looking for jobs, and, and that's a lot of the value created. Is, you know, when I look at central Indiana, it's an area I'm a little more familiar with, you know, it, we're doing pretty well in terms of technology, but we're still lagging a lot of areas. We're ranked 33rd out of 50 in terms of tech talent by, by one group that, that looks at this kind of thing. So it, it, it's not awful, but, you know, we, we could do a lot better. And it's something that Amazon's probably going to be concerned with. So, uh, yeah, I want to ask uh, Mo and Karen that same mm-hmm. question. What about, yeah. what about the labor force in your areas? Well, well, we have um, seen it, it, it's a challenge. <clears throat> um, and and this is Mo, some, right? Some this is Mo. Yeah. Fascinating data um, that the Brookings Institute, um, through a study that involved the, um, their group, the Indy Chamber, and the um, IUPUI Public Policy Group through Classics um, team, and, and they are analyzing some of the issues that affect all of our regions when it comes to maintaining uh, workforce. And one of those that is happening, and and we're not the lone ranger in this, this happens throughout the country, but the typical feeder system for central Indiana is the smaller communities in the state. So if someone went to a, you know, was on perhaps in a, came from a small farming community in um, mid-central Indiana, they went off to a state school, and if they did, if they stayed within the state, they didn't go home. They came to Central Indiana. Well, as those communities are beginning to become smaller and smaller, and end their productive lives, um, their demography is now skewing much older. So there are not young people coming from those communities to populate our area. So what implications does that have for us? Obviously, one of them is we want to be a place where people want to come, regardless of where they're coming from. The Nashville model provides some uh, um, interesting examples of that. They realized they had low IT people and took on the idea that they could attract people to Nashville from the Northwest because they knew they couldn't fulfill the need for jobs. So it's that kind of creative thinking that I believe is beginning to take root in Indiana um, has been perhaps a little more difficult for us. But I think you're seeing those changes and people recognizing that we want to be the place where people want to come live and that creating that place is not predicated solely on money. It's not just about cheap. It's about quality of life and it's about quality of educational opportunities. I certainly agree, this is Karen, that quality of place is important. And, and, uh, you know, throughout the RFP, you saw how that played into Amazon's um, decision-making and will play into their decision-making. I think we have a unique opportunity in that we're less than 30 miles from the third largest city Mm -hmm. in the country because that gives us the population um, that would certainly, along with the Northwest Indiana population, 
fulfill any uh, employment needs that they have. And, and with some of the top institutions in the country, uh, Indiana University, of course, uh, Purdue University, but then you also have Northwestern, the University of Chicago, Loyola, DePaul, all of the uh, Chicago schools. And with the addition of double tracking to the South Shore commuter rail, that runs from South Bend to downtown Chicago, uh, you will be able to get downtown Chicago or get to Northwest Indiana, specifically to Gary, um, downtown from Chicago in less than 40 minutes. It's already uh, a little less than an hour now, but we're going to cut that time by 20 to 25 minutes. And when that happens, then that certainly uh, makes uh, for a, an argument of how accessible Northwest Indiana is, how accessible Gary is, and how it certainly would make sense uh, for an Amazon headquarters. You add that to the um, favorable business climate that you have in the state of Indiana, and we've seen any number of companies move not just to Gary, but all over northwest Indiana from Illinois, and you have a good, um, a, a good story. Kyle, um, Mayor Freeman Wilson mentioned the favorable business climate. Indiana has some things going for it. It has some things probably going against it. What, what are the pluses and minuses to Indiana as a state to attract something like this? Right. So from a, a policy point of view, it's it definitely beneficial in terms of things like tax rates and, and regulatory structure. Um, we're, we're in fiscally good shape, able to make those kinds of investments that, that we might need. So there are certainly pluses there. Uh, Indiana also, you know, when I, I speak to friends out on the, you know, the Northwest or on the West Coast, Indiana doesn't have the greatest reputation, whether that's, you know, fair or not. Um, th there's a, a bit of a, a negative perception there. I, I think if you think back, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we were making national headlines for, you know, some of the Governor Pence's um, initiatives that, that were not very popular nationally. And these kind of reinforce negative stereotypes. And so part of Amazon's decision is, you know, the, the people at the existing headquarters are going to be spending a lot of time at the new headquarters and back and forth. And is Indiana the kind of place that they want to do that? And I mean, I, I lived here all my life, so I, I certainly think it's a great place to live. But that reputation is, is not the greatest, and it's something that the, the committees are, are going to have to deal with and, and address to really attract a, a company like Amazon. Lynn, do you run into that when you're looking for businesses, or is Bloomington an outlier in that? Because Bloomington's not really like the rest of the state in some ways. Well, they, both of those are correct. One, no, we did not run into a lot of it. Bloomington is a very accepting, open place uh, where everybody can come. But to that regard, I think uh, it's it's a local matter. And I, I agree with the thinking of Mo and Karen. You know, Gary is a very open, welcoming place, as is Carmel and Fishers. So regardless of what the reputation may be, and I do understand it, we do hear about it, it's it's a local issue. And we find that as you come to Indiana, it's a very open welcome. You don't run into the problems that that legislation was trying to address or whatever it was. So I think uh, anybody who comes here realizes that it's not what that reputation will be. I think what we're experiencing in you know, just the last couple of days, life on the coast is not good. Uh, it's very expensive. It's highly competitive and you, difficult to raise a family. And if you want to choose a place to live and have a high quality of life and raise a family, Indiana is a very good choice. All right. We're going to take a short break right now. We're talking about uh, the, the possibility of uh, Amazon's headquarters relocating or Amazon opening a second headquarters in Indiana. It's uh, maybe a long shot, but it's a possibility uh, with a couple of people who have been involved with bids on it and uh, a couple of other guests here in our studio. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
from the Milton Metz studio at IU's Radio TV building, this is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville Fiber, online at smithville.com, and IU School of Public Health Bloomington, online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state throughout the day at WFIUNews.org and on Twitter at WFIUNews. You can watch unfiltered video of breaking stories on Facebook Live. And you can get a digest of all the day's top stories delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of the headlines, plus the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIUNews.org. Welcome back to the Milton Metz Studio and Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg along with Joe Wren, and today we're talking about uh, the uh, idea that dozens of, of cities around the country have tossed their hat in the ring to compete for Amazon's next headquarters location, and that includes uh, some Bloomington locations, including the Indianapolis area and northwest Indiana. And we have uh, Karen Freeman Wilson, the mayor of Gary, on with us today, as well as Mo Murhoff, who's president of One Zone, which is uh, Merge Chambers of Commerce in Fishers and Carmel. We're also joined in our studio here in Bloomington by Lynn Coyne, president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation, and Kyle Anderson, a clinical assistant professor of business economics at the Kelly School of Business. If you have questions or comments, give us a call at 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send questions to the show to news at indianapublicmedia.org, and you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. Joe? So, you know, Bob, earlier you made the suggestion of what, what's this like, and we couldn't think of a good uh, analogy, and I'm wondering, this has this like Super Bowl type of thing, or maybe even like, you know, we want to get the Olympics. I mean, uh, you know, in terms of the media coverage with this, of course, we're doing a show right. today, right? Um, but so, but sometimes there's not good things that come along with those too, especially maybe in terms of the Olympics and these countries trying to, to deal with, with that. Are there any situations that cities or, or regions that actually may find that there may be too many subsidies or, or, or too much that, that this bid could actually hurt the cities. And, and I would love to hear, too, from maybe we'll start with Karen, um, Mayor uh, Freeman Wilson of Gary on that. Has that ever crossed your mind? She you know, still... Certainly. OK, uh, this is this is Karen. Yeah, uh, certainly there is a concern that you not give away everything, but I think that most would agree that this is a really game changer for most communities. And so while incentives are an important part of the package, the opportunity that uh, comes with those incentives and the long-term uh, benefit for the community is priceless. And so I, I think that you have to think about that, but you certainly as a community have to weigh the pros and cons. This is Mo, I would, yeah. I would agree with that. And we've all probably read one of the, the latest controversies that that is an example of with the Foxcom deal with the state of Wisconsin. Um, that, that was a, mm -hmm. a widely controversial issue, especially based on um, the investment that the state had to make. And obviously there are track records of great successes with those, as well as those that probably ended up not fulfilling uh, what had been the intent. But uh, in regards to um, a comment right before the break, when w w there was discussion about whether people give Indiana a shot. And, you know, as a state that often got described as the flyover, um, nobody's real sure where we are. Mayor Fadness of Fishers has always said, if I can get someone here, I can sell them on here. They, they, there's a lot of lack of knowledge about what Indiana has to offer. Um, and uh, on the other hand, Mayor Jim Brainerd 
often compare is that it turns out the square footage of Carmel, Indiana, matches almost identically the square footage of Paris. Well, Paris doesn't have a mountain range, and it doesn't have an ocean view either. But they've done pretty well as a city. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what Indiana is creating as a great place to grow up, to raise a family, to work, to play, to have access to major uh, locations, I mean, it's like Chicago, like Louisville, like Cincinnati. Um, you know, it, it, part of it is getting people to experience what we've got. Uh, you can add our major educational institutions to that. Rare is a state our size that can boast um, the IU, the Purdue, the Ball State, the Notre Dame, the um, um, Rensselaer, and, and um, I'm forgetting the one in Terre Haute. Indiana uh, State, Rose yeah. Rensselaer, so yeah. That's pretty unique. And if you're talking about tech and innovative stuff, I don't think people know about that either. Mm-hmm. All right, so I wanted to ask um, also about the incentives and ask a little bit further about those. What kinds of incentives are is it going to take? What And what, what's sort of the range of incentives? And, and, Lynn, I know that you deal with a lot of that, so – or some of that, I, I, maybe maybe on a different scale. So, sure. Now, there's a broad range of state and local incentives, and I think appropriate to the last question. Um, I'm not terribly worried that anyone is going to overdrive their headlights on this offer. They're very skilled, experienced people, both up in the Gary and the Carmel Fishers area, and they know how to do this. They're very experienced. So, there are state incentives that go to training, go to investment that encourage exactly what Amazon is looking to do to relocate your headquarters. Locally, you have tax abatements so that their personal property and real estate taxes are reduced over a period of time. Uh, If there happens to be a TIF district, there can be some infrastructure investments. There are various uh, incentives that exist both at the local and at the state level. The Indian Economic Development Corporation manages the state uh, incentives. They're very skilled and experienced. Uh, you know, they did Toyota plant and Subaru, and, and so they have a lot of experience. Not Nobody has experience with the scope of Amazon, I would venture to say. But that is, stands us very, very well to make a good competitive offer for both of these regions. Uh, and so I would expect every incentive in the book is going to be rolled out to encourage them to relocate. Mm-hmm. And same question for Kyle. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that I would – hope for is that it's incumbent upon Amazon to kind of behave fairly in this process and not just extract as much out of it as they can. Because when you have 238, you know, entities or regions, areas bidding for a single company, Amazon has huge power in this process and does have the ability to, you know, extract a lot of concessions. But I would hope that they, you know, behave in a way that's beneficial for the community that they're relocating in. And I'm hopeful by the fact that this process has become so public that they will do that. And and a lot of the other deals that, you know, I, I was happy that Mo mentioned the Foxconn deal, a lot of these don't really get the same level of public scrutiny or, or really see the light of day in the same way. And, and so I, I hope this process is a little bit different and avoids any of those negative outcomes. Can you explain that deal a little bit? Uh, you know, it's not a deal that I'm, I'm really specifically okay. familiar with, but I, I do know that that a lot of times there, in, in economics we have what's called the winner's curse, and it's the idea that the winner of an auction ends up being the one who's most <laughs> optimistic about the value of that good and and tends to overpay. And, and I think that that can happen in a lot of these kinds of situations, and I agree with Lynn's you know, want to echo his sentiment that when you've got skilled and experienced people making these bids, that shouldn't happen. Um, but but I'm afraid, you know, sometimes it, it still does. Our numbers again, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send us questions for the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org. You know, I I just wanted to go back and I, I keep hearing the same about, you know, Indiana being, you know, the the flyover state and, and but but once we get them here we can we can show them. But then so what is what makes this I, I guess in terms of the bid, what did you put in there to get them to get here? Because that's 
you can say we have roads, you know, you can say there there is a workforce, but when you're talking about the bigger picture of something so so national, what what's the hook? Mo, Karen? Anyone want to jump in on that? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not. I haven't read the, the, the bid that was submitted, so I don't, I, I don't know. I know that there were lots of stops pulled out about innovative things, and judging from some of other things the region has won, like the Super Bowl, that's a perfect example of the amount of, of verbiage we heard about how awful, what in the world are they doing putting a soup in the weather will be terrible. Um, and then it was a huge win because at, at the end of it, nobody does events like Central Indiana because the people volunteer like crazy and they make an experience for people. Could they go skiing while they were here? No. Um, could they go out and do some waterboarding? No, they could not do, you know, they couldn't go surf. But, but their experience was totally unique. And I think that that's something that we, we can easily tout. Um, we're not just the cornfields. We, we have cultural opportunities. We have um, great infrastructure. We have opportunity to get around quickly and are investing in what will eventually be a strong mass transit system. Yeah, we're behind the, the eight ball on that, but we are, are working to get there. Um, but we also, at least in, in our neck of the woods, gain a lot of interest from uh, business because we have very high-performing school systems. And despite sometimes Indiana's focus perhaps on charter schools and um, choice opportunities, you just can't underestimate the value of being able to live in a community where you can send your children to a public school and have a high success rate. And uh, certainly Hamilton County can offer that. It's, um, we are, Indiana is an easy place to live for a lot of reasons. And I think being able to showcase those is at the center of it. And I would imagine Mayor Wilson would um, have similar examples. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we called out in our application was the fact that certainly Indiana is unique. And Gary, Indiana, is even more unique. And it would not be on the traditional list of um, choices if Amazon was hiring a consultant to look at potential locations. And so we highlighted the game-changing opportunity for Amazon to join us in re rebuilding a community and for them to be able to do that in a way that was still beneficial to them as a company, but also uh, that would really provide a unique opportunity for them to be a game changer in a legacy community that has historically given, not just to the state of Indiana, but to all of the country in our history and, and experience with steel, but has now uh, embarked on something in terms of really diversifying our economy. What better way for them to distinguish themselves from the Googles and from all of the other cutting-edge companies than to be involved in the rebuilding of the community? So our message was simple. If you want to do it the easy way, then you're better off in Austin or or Nashville or some of the more traditional uh, locations. But if you um, want to not only benefit yourselves, but benefit a community, then, then come to Northwest Indiana. I think that's an absolutely uh, intriguing and very interesting call to identifying the culture of who Amazon is. Um, and and I, I agree with that. Uh, approach and that interesting opportunity for a company to be what historically throughout this country they have been, the old company town. In other words, they came to an area and they, um, they changed it forever. 
that's um, I think that's a very interesting approach. Karen, you you had a an ad in the New York Times, correct? I did. Yeah, so I mean that got some uh, some national play. What what was the thinking behind doing that? Well, the thinking was that uh, you know just like applying for college, just like applying for. Uh, any opportunity where you know uh, a number of folks are going to be applying for, but even in our case, where you know that people were not necessarily going to immediately think of us as a candidate, we wanted uh, to distinguish ourselves and say why we think that we are viable for this opportunity. And and, uh, what better way than to um, show that we were willing to at least put a little bit of money where our mouths are and uh, advertise. Some folks said that we should have advertised in the Washington Post, but, you know, the Washington <laughs> Post ended up doing an article for free. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And, of course, the Washington Post is owned by Amazon's Jeff Bezos. Is, so, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We thought that was too patronizing. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, could... Any of you talk to me about uh, the kinds of jobs. There are 50,000 jobs, it says. They're not all the same job. So what all is going to happen at this headquarters? I'm not sure that we know that Amazon hasn't really made that clear now. It, it, they kind of made it sound like it's a second headquarters. It's basically going to mirror their operations in Seattle. Um, you know, the, largely they're going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of computer programming jobs, um, a lot of various other technology Obviously, you know, business, Amazon's involved in, in setting prices and, and securing goods and, you know, managing, you know, warehouses, which, which won't necessarily be there. But so it, it's going to, they're going to be this crossover of business and technology jobs, really probably overwhelmingly, you know, high skilled. You're looking at, at college graduates, you know, master's degree type people. And, and so it, it, it's really the, the, the pay is going to be pretty strong, and that's going to have a big impact as those dollars feed through the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the proposal itself says the jobs would be broken down to executive management, engineering with a preference uh, for software development engineers, legal, accounting, and administrative. So those are high level. They require training. They require education. Uh, so those would be very good jobs in, in, in the salary range, they say. Mm-hmm. So in terms of – and I'm going to go back to Lynn. I mean, we, we hear – and all – I think probably every community hears about, you know, labor and is there the talent there? Is there the labor shortage? And we've already sort of established that no area is going to have the talent to, to bring in that many people. How would a community go about attracting – I mean, what what's the strategy for an Amazon if they were to come to Gary, Indiana, or uh, Fisher's Carmel, Indiana, or Bloomington, Indiana, which they're not going to come to? But um, Darn. It, yeah, right. <laughs> and what's the strategy for them in trying to attract people to move into a place? Yeah, uh, Lynn, just, just yeah. I think you know you, you're going to have to create housing. You're, you're going if you're Amazon, you're going to have to say to your employees. You are going to want to live here. And to want to live here, you're going to need housing, schools, infrastructure, uh, all the things they listed. There's a reason they're putting them in their proposal is that's what it's going to take for them to get their employees to come with them or, or to join them in that location. So I think it's going to take a massive infrastructure investment an expansion to accommodate 50,000 people. Now, that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to spread over time, thank goodness. Uh, but the communities, the regions that are doing this will need to understand that there's going to be a very significant investment in the non-Amazon building things, such mm-hmm. as schools, hospitals, uh, recreational facilities, and community amenities. Karen, could you and Mo both uh, address that? That, that's certainly, um, this is Karen, that, that is certainly the case. Uh, some communities will have to invest more than others. Um, the, one of the things that we highlighted in our application is the fact that we have a city and the infrastructure of it that was built for almost 200,000 people. We currently have 80,000 residents. So there really is an opportunity to um, 
build on the existing infrastructure and develop around that, but also the existence of commuter rail makes Amazon residents much more mobile to the east and to the west. It, it would be nothing for them to live, as an example, in Chicago and work in Gary because it would take less than 30 minutes, and I'm sure that those who work in the, the Washington State location now have a commute that may extend far beyond 30 minutes. But also, if they choose to live in the city, and, and we certainly would encourage that and, and hope that some will, we are creating a scene for millennials, for folk who, um, you know, are interested in, in being involved in all of the maker movement that you see in other places. We're creating a, an economy that is uh, certainly related to public art and um, culinary art that would also attract Amazon employees, and we're creating um, a community that is uh, centered around the third, I believe the fifth largest uh, body of water uh, in terms of a lake in in the, the country, and that is Lake Michigan. And so there are opportunities that are unique to Gary and, and to Northwest Indiana that we believe that... Um, would allow Amazon to really, um, Amazon employees to really uh, have not only a good time at work, but a good time uh, at play. I would agree with that, and I think anywhere they choose, whatever location they opt for, um, there will be a variety of places where people will choose to live. Uh, those who want um, traditional urban living in Indianapolis, those who want edge city or new urbanism um, opportunities, whether that be Johnson County in Greenwood, Hendricks County, or up here in Hamilton County. Um, and, and the benefit in Indiana, thanks to infrastructure, is whatever their choice, they're not going to be that far away from other opportunities. Um, Seattle has some of the worst traffic in the country. Uh, it's very difficult to get around whatever time of day it is. So the, the plus I think Indiana has is you have lots of varied places to live, but you could still access your job and the other things you want to do relatively quickly. On, on the side of, of looking to our own benefit, that also means that there is an opportunity for broader impact of that type of game changer. Um, it's not just one city that will benefit any more than Honda's relocating to Greensburg, Indiana, only affected Greensburg. That, that became a, a state game changer. Um, and ironically, there are executives at Honda that live in Hamilton County and commute that distance. So it, it's, that, I, I guess that would be why so many communities have invested so much time and talent in this bid, is the opportunity for impact. Kyle, I wanted to uh, ask you really quick, just kind of on the tails of that. Uh, so what happens if Indiana doesn't get the bid? Is, is it a, a waste of time and, and energy, or is there something good still come out of this? I think there are a lot of potentially good things that can come out of this. Um, and I think that both Mo and, and Mayor Freeman Wilson talked about some of those that getting this, you know, the, the capabilities to put these kinds of bids together, that there's been a lot of work that's gone on in these, you know, for, by these groups. And, you know, odds are they're not going to win this, right? There's 238 proposals. Um, but, you know, maybe it will help them down the line in that economic development, which is just, it's so important for every community to, to have those capabilities and to be able to do that well. Mm-hmm. So what's the process from here? Two hundred thirty-eight. Does anybody know when they're going to make some? Are they going to do cuts, or do you guys know? Anything? Uh, my my understanding is that they, they've said their timeline is twenty eighteen, which is pretty vague. <laughs> and it, 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 they mentioned in there that they were going to cut it down to about five. Um, that that would then meet kind of the next cut. So you know I, there will obviously be a lot of excitement about that, and and you know here's to hoping that that one or two of the Indiana locations make that cut. Mm-hmm. I think uh, well, and that we take advantage, you know, the, the, 
look what we were thinking about these communities when we decided to to bid for this. That's not lost um, time or talent. That can get us thinking about the next time or the next group that we make sense for. And again, if, if you're a regional flag waver, and, and we certainly are, then this is just a door we opened, and there'll be more doors to open. Mm-hmm. Lynn? I think uh, Amazon has placed themselves at great risk here by going public this way because their decision is going to define them as a company. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. a- apropos of Mayor Freeman Wilson's comments, it's not just how many jobs you bring. It's what's your impact, who are you as a company, defines you for decades to come, and the wrong move could have a severe backlash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just uh, We have just a minute or two to uh, to sum up. So um, what what will be the next step, uh, Mayor Wilson, for um, for Gary, if, if uh, in fact you don't get this bid? Well, the, we've already seen the benefits of uh, having bid, having placed our hat in the ring in terms of having other companies come to us, consider the city of Gary because of the highlights that we provided both in the New York Times article and in some of the other publicity. The other uh, positive benefit is that we now have a document that can easily be um, edited that would ultimately benefit um, us as we market the city. So now we have a um, document that we can use as a marketing tool. So that's a benefit. So we'll keep uh, working, we'll keep punching above our weight class, and um, (laughs) you know, we'll keep building. All right, and, and I think we are out of time. I want to thank all of you for being here. It's been a fascinating conversation. Uh, that was Mayor Karen Freeman Wilson from Gary. Mo Murhoff has been with us, the president of One Zone and Fishers and Carmel. And also, thanks for being here with us in the studio uh, to Kyle Anderson from Indiana University's Kelly School and Len Coyne, the president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation. For producer Angelo Batista, engineer Mike Pashkash, and Joe Wren, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from School of Public Health Bloomington. Public Health Reimagined. Addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. Publichealth.indiana.edu. And Smithville Fiber, the Gigacity Company. Fiber Internet, HD, and digital IPTV in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. <laughs>